Are you a busy mompreneur who has big dreams for your family, but you're always asking yourself, how am I going to have time to do it all? Then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Jordan Rios, productivity and mindset coach and busy mom of seven. This is the High Vibe Mompreneur Podcast. Hello and welcome to the High Vibe Mompreneurs Podcast, Episode 7, and I'm your host, Jordan Rios, and today we're going to be talking about how do I get anything done when I'm surrounded by so many small children. This is the question that I get all the time, so I'm just going to give you all the deets. Okay. In this episode, I'm going to tell you about my family. I'm going to give you, I'm going to pull the curtain back and really give you a behind the scenes look at what my life is like as a full-time mompreneur of almost seven kids under the age of 10, a single mom, and just kind of tell you how I do it. Just explain everything. And at the end, I've also got seven hacks that I'm going to give you that I have used that I have implemented in my life that I feel like will really be helpful to you if you're a mompreneur of young children. And I just want to share with you a little bit about my story. And I'm also going to share with you what my workflow looks like, what my daily life looks like. So if you've ever been interested in that, this, I hope, I hope you enjoy this. I hope you'll listen to the very end. Um, And so, excuse me. So basically I just want to tell you, I just want to begin by um, kind of telling you a little bit about my family. Like I said, I'm a single mom. I have three boys and three girls. My oldest daughter is nine. Her name is Hattie. Um, she's in fourth grade. My second daughter is Annalise. She's in third grade. She's eight. My uh, third child is my son, Jonathan, who is seven. So I had three kids in three years when I first became a mom. That was a season of my life that I really barely remember because everything was just so rushed and it was very chaotic. I was also working full time as a teacher at that time in my life and everything was just cray cray. So, but back to my kids, I've got Hattie, Annalise and Jonathan. And then my fourth child is my daughter, Lydia, who's five. And then I have my son, Andrew, who is three and is currently almost potty trained. So yay. And my little, my littlest little is my son, Jeremiah, who is almost two. He'll be two in October. And I'll be adding my caboose to the family in November, right around Thanksgiving. And my tiebreaker is a little boy and his name is Hezekiah David. And I'm really, really excited to have the joy of welcoming another little one. I'm deep in the throes of planning for his birth and for my postpartum season and for how I'm going to keep my business going during that time and just all the things, this recruiting help and getting all of the new baby things together. And it's just so much fun. And people ask me all the time. I get a lot of the same questions all the time. One question I get is, why did you have so many kids? And I love answering that question. That question does not offend me at all. And the answer is 
I always, always, always wanted a big family from about the age of four years old. My great grandmother, who passed away in 2001 when I was 14 years old, was a mother of eight children. My grandfather was her youngest child. And she would take care of me quite quite often during the day while my mom was at work um, before the age of five. And she had eight kids. And I just always wanted to be exactly like her. I wanted to have a really big family. And I never, ever let go of that dream. I remember before I got married, when I was just maybe early 20s, like maybe 21, 22, I started meeting a lot of big families, like families with 12, 13 kids. And I was just so fascinated. And this is before like reality TV shows came out about big families. This is like just personal friends. And I just asked them all these questions like, well, what kind of vehicle do you drive? Well, how do you take your family on vacation? Well, how do you show all of them attention? How do you organize your house? And not not at all in a judgmental way, in a way of like, I need to take these notes because I want to have a big family one day, too. And here I am living my dream. I have almost seven kids um, I did not initially plan to have my children as close together as they are. But if you want to hear God laugh, you tell him your plans. <laughs> and here I am. I am a mom of seven kids under 10. And I couldn't I wouldn't trade it for anything in the whole world. Yes, it's a crazy life. And there are certain things like with every parent. There are certain things that when you become a parent, you don't anticipate. There's no way you could have anticipated this. There's no way you could have known that it was going to be like this. And I have triggers. I have triggers that I'm working on with my kids um, and in myself and trying to change things about myself so that I can be a better mom. But there's things about having a large family. There's certain things that don't, that I don't like. But overall, I wouldn't trade it for anything in the world. And I and I'm so thankful for the life that I have. I absolutely love my life. I absolutely love each one of my kids. And I love the large family dynamic. And I'm just so grateful that I was able to have this many kids because I wanted all of them. And so um, that's kind of how my family is. And so just to kind of give you an idea of what it's like, if you're not a large family mom, give you an idea of what it's like to have this many kids. It is very loud. Oh, my gosh. My home and my vehicle are so loud. And noise is a trigger for me. So there you go. That's one thing I did not plan very well. But, you know, I just roll with it. It's always there's always someone squealing or screaming or arguing or talking really loud. And you, and, and also also multiple children talking to me at the same time and getting mad at, because I'm not listening to them when they're talking to me, when there's other people talking to me. So that happens daily. Um, it's also very messy and we are, I feel like we clean constantly. And I say we as in me and the kids, we're always cleaning and I'm always saying, go clean up your room, go clean up this mess you made, help me do this. But it's really only clean for a very short amount of time before it gets messy again. That is also something that I've learned to roll with and to accept as an inevitable part of my life. And um, it's also full of lots and lots and lots of cuddles. My little ones, when I sit down, all love to come pile in my lap all at the same time. And then I can't move. And then I need someone to help get them off me so I can stand up and go to the bathroom. I love that. That is so precious. Um, it's full of lots of memories, lots of sibling love, lots of sibling arguments and fights, but still lots of love, all in love. Um, it's full of reading lots of stories. I'm a big, big read aloud mom. 
I love reading chapter books to my older kids. I love reading board books to my babies and picture books to my in-between ones. That's as a former teacher, that's something that will always be important to me that we have family read alouds. And I want my kids to love to read and to love and to have large vocabularies. That's something that I love. Now, I'm not a crafty mom in any form. I, I am artsy. We love to paint. We love to create art. But as far as like creating these elaborate birthday parties and Pinterest themed stuff, I have never done that. And I have no desire to do that. I also it's also very important to me to teach my kids life skills such as how to cook, how to make a budget, how to be a good friend, how to have healthy relationships. And these are certain things that we have very intentional conversations about. These are things that I sit them down with and I talk to them about, okay, if you want to make a, if you have a difficult decision, I was just talking to my oldest daughter about this. If you need to make a decision, you can make a pros and cons chart and that can help you not put it off and not feel nervous about it. That was just such a productive conversation. So that's just kind of my, my, um, parenting style and um we do get I do let my kids sleep in on the weekends on the weekends I um let them stay up a little bit later actually a lot later most of the time because I like for them to sleep late the next day so that I can have just a little bit of quiet time before they wake up mom hack and during the school week um we have a very um very productive morning routine we very rarely arrive late can you believe that and so, and everybody knows what they need to do because we've practiced it. We practice it every day and it just works out great. Everybody has chores that they sometimes do without complaining. And, you know, we just, we roll with it. That's the theme of my life is just rolling with it. And I have a lot of help. I have amazing childcare. I have an amazing support network. I have amazing family support. And for that, I'm so thankful because I couldn't do all that I do without help. But that's just I could go on and on and on about my kids and about my life. But I'm just I'm going to move on from there um, and just kind of explain and just kind of go into a little bit more of my background about what my life looked like before um, when I just had a few kids and when I first made the decision to become an entrepreneur. So, like I said, because and I want to do that because I feel like there are so many seasons in our journey of entrepreneurship that it really it really is worth talking about. It really is worth examining and diving into and acknowledging because it's going to look different in the beginning than it will when you're five years in. It's going to look different when you're making a larger amount of money and can hire more help and, and you have a different lifestyle. But, you know, we need to remember our humble beginnings. So I, like I said, I was a public school teacher for 10 years in elementary school. And this is at the same time that I was growing my family. I, I was at the end when I graduated college, I had a five month old baby. And then as soon as I got my first job, found out I was pregnant again. And so I had two babies in under two years. I was I took had to take maternity leave my first year of teaching. I was horrifically ill the first um, year I was teaching because of my pregnancy. I had extreme morning sickness, but, you know, I survived it. I made it through because I had to. And my family always struggled financially. We were um, we were living paycheck to paycheck for years and years and years. Um, it was really hard. I was very burnt out from teaching very early on in teaching because I felt like 
I was giving my best to other people's kids all day long while I was at the school. And then I had nothing left to give to my own kids when I got home. Um, and so then I had a couple more children. I had, when I started my business, I, I had a few other businesses that I started along the way. So I had three kids when I started my first business, which was with a network marketing company. I never made any money in that business, but I appreciate what I learned during that time. I still use the products. My second business that I started was a blog on large family homemaking. And I created some courses and online content. I also did not make money in this business, but again, I, looking back from where I am now, I have no regrets. It was very hard at the time. It was very frustrating because you're in business to make money. But at the same time, when you look at all of the successful entrepreneurs out there, any of them will tell you about their first, second, third, fourth failed launch, about all the years that they had to learn from those experiences. And some of them were shorter experiences. Some of them were longer experiences. Mine was probably a longer experience of working and not making money. And the reason why I chose to start a business was to pivot out of teaching. I wanted to be a full-time mompreneur. I wanted to work from home. I wanted to have my own hours, not answer to a boss. I wanted to be able to make more money than I was in teaching. I wanted to be able to scale my business and make even more money and accomplish lots of dreams that I had in my life inside my family, outside my family, make an impact in the world. And I wanted to do work that was aligned to who I am on the inside. And I just felt like having my own business, creating my own products was the way to go with that. And so that's why I worked so hard and struggled for so long before I finally got to the point that, that my business was going the way that I wanted it to go. So and and even still, I mean, I'm still I haven't arrived. I mean, I'm still working every day on this and I still have lots of goals, but there have been some pretty significant milestones along the way. But I want to go back to that season when I was working as a teacher with several kids who were under school age. And I want to talk to you about what that looked like to build my business excuse me, to build my business at that time was so much going on because people look at me and they're like, how in the world did you even have time to do anything like that? It wasn't pretty. I'm just going to tell you, I didn't, I had childcare for when I was working at the school, but when I got home, my kids were with me all the time while I was sitting on my laptop working. I literally had one in my lap and then the laptop and swatting their hands away from the keyboard while I was trying to work. Um, I was cooking. I didn't, my husband was never at home at night. And so it was me. It was all on me to bathe the kids, to feed the kids, to break up all the fights, to put them in the bed every single night. That was very hard. It was very lonely. It was a lo very stressful. Um, and I'll be honest, my house and my car and my purse were disgusting messes. And that drove me nuts. That was hard on my mental health. But at the same time, something had to give in that season. Also, my work and my business, I kept trying to have like a regular schedule and a regular routine and a regular workflow. And it never quite worked out because evenings with that many kids and small kids and how tired I was and just with kids in general, you never know what they're going to do. You never know what their needs are going to be. And especially little ones who are into everything. And I had some semblance of a routine and I was really good at planning it, but it didn't always stick together just because it was the best I could do at the time. But the important thing is, even with all the chaos 
of that um, of that season of my life, I learned so much. I was listening to all the podcasts. I was reading all the books. Yes, I even had time to read books during that time. I read quite a few. And I was doing things. I was doing the things that they were telling me to do. And I was... And I was being brave about it. I was not letting any, not letting what anyone said to me stop me from pursuing my dream. And month after month of making zero dollars and having to spend money to keep my business running, I didn't let that stop me either. I understood and I believed that I was getting somewhere and that all this was going to pay off one day. And I would find a mayor way, a way or make one. And I think that mentality is truly what carried me to where I am today. I'm, I'm truly a different person now than I was back then, but I'm really proud of myself for how I stuck with it. Um, so that's just kind of how things were in the beginning for a long time. So now I want to talk about what changed everything for me and what my workflow looks like now in the season of life that I'm in now. So the biggest thing that changed everything for me and just get ready for this. This is probably not what you're expecting. Probably going to blow your mind just a little bit. But before I even I am making money in my business, Neil, but before I started making money, I'll tell you why this is all connected. Before I ever made a penny in my business, I hired a virtual assistant. Because And I had gone years of working from about 2017, I believe, when I started the MLM and then a few years later when I started the blog and then in 2020 when I started my coaching business. So all of those years up until this year, this year is when I hired my first virtual assistant. Um, all those years of not of just doing everything myself, not hiring out anything. Um, I mean, I learned a lot. It was very valuable, but everything changed when I start when I hired my first virtual assistant and I wasn't making money in my business. I had to sacrifice money that while I was still working at my job, I had to sac I had to pull that out of my budget and pay her every week. And it was not easy. And in my course, and you may be asking yourself, well, how are you doing that? Like if you were so poor, how did you do that? How do you pay a virtual assistant every week? And she works on average 40 hours a week for me, sometimes more, at least 40 hours a week at this point. In the beginning, it was kind of less than that, but it didn't take us long to work up to that. And that changed everything for me. And this is why. Number one, I can't do it all myself. Even if you are a single adult with no children, or if you are, if you have child full-time childcare and you can just focus and sit in front of your computer all day, you cannot grow your business, do all the things it takes to grow your business without someone to help you. And you, and you will make much less money because you're doing tasks. You're spending your time, all of your time, all your valuable time is money, all your valuable time you're spending doing things that you do not have to do. They're $5, $10 an hour tasks. They're creating social media graphics and posting to social media and answering comments on social media and typing emails and, um, you know, creating YouTube thumbnails, whatever the task is. Think anything that has to be done that is not required to be do by, done by you, those tasks are not making you money. They're necessary. You need someone to do them, but those are not income producing activities and it doesn't have to be you doing them. So my encouragement to you 
is to hire a VA, even if it's only for 10 hours a week, give them some of the tasks that you need to do or that need to be done, but that aren't something that you physically must do. If it's a live video, you have to do that. Your customers want to see your face. Your followers want to see your face in front of the camera. I have to record my own podcast. She can't do that for me. This is me. Um, I'm creating my own paid content, my paid course materials. But there's lots of other things that she can do that doesn't have to be me. And so I can send her things and she can create graphics for it in Canva. And that has changed my life because I'm getting I'm producing so much more content, high quality content. She's a very qualified woman. And I'm also I also freeing myself up for more time. Number one, to do the things that only I can do and be consistent with it and do a good job with it. Things that are only going to make me money, the coaching calls, the, you know, just things that I have to do. And number and, and I have less stress which opens up so much more create creative potential inside of me. And I, and it's more sustainable because yeah, maybe I could hold that out for two weeks doing everything running around like a mad woman, but then I'm right back to the problem I had when I was a teacher, when I'd had nothing left to give my kids after work. That's not the life I'm trying to create. Come on. So I just hiring. And, but the, but then the other benefit to hiring someone from the beginning is I have more time to make sales. I have more time to do those $150 an hour activities instead of the $5 an hour activities that I never had time to do because it was just too much. So I automatically, when I hired someone, I took a risk. It was a big risk. I said, I'm going to pay this person to do all these tasks. I don't have, I'm not, I don't have money coming in, but I'm going to do it and see what happens. And I'm going to stick with it. I started making money a lot sooner and that money started growing because I, I had someone, I had someone helping me. Tom truly is money. There is a science behind this. Don't just take my word for this. And so that was definitely, definitely worth it. And so, um, so that's what really changed things for me. Just this past year when I did that, I'm getting ready to hire my second full-time employee. And that's going to happen sometime later this fall before the end of the year. Um, and so Definitely. So let me tell you. So that's definitely something I want you to hold on to and consider. And just let me know in the comments of this podcast or on Facebook, Instagram, email Jordan at jordanriescoaching.com. Let me know what your thoughts are on this. I would love to know what you think when you heard about when you heard me say hire someone before you start making money. I want to hear I want to get that conversation going. So what does my workflow look like now? So just to kind of give you an overview of what my weeks look like and what my days look like on the weekends, I always make my goals for the following week. I make my to-do list, my overarching to-do list for the week, like the things that I need to do. And I include personal things as well as business things. Just don't forget. Basically, the purpose of this list is don't forget to do these things, accomplish these things by the end of the week. I also make daily to-do lists the day before. So on Monday, I always have Monday's to-do list ready on Tuesday. On the end of the day, Monday, I make Tuesday's to-do list. My to-do lists are pretty lengthy and I never finish all of them, but that's okay. The main purpose of me writing everything down is so that I don't forget anything and I keep my priorities in order. But, and I always over plan because that's just who I am. But then the things that don't get done that day, I evaluate, do I need to do this tomorrow or do I need to just let this go until later? I have a record of it. 
So I'm a lot more organized that way. Um, so I try to get most of my work done during the day. I do occasionally do some work at night. just depends on what it is. Um, and I do have childcare for my younger ones. My older kids are in school and, um, and, and so, but then, you know, even with, even in the beginning when I didn't have childcare while I was working, there's still days sometimes if I'm doing work on the weekends, my kids are all surrounding me and I'm going to go in, in my hacks. I'm going to tell you how to make that work. If that seems like something that, oh gosh, I could never do that. Well, I'll, I'll explain to you some ways you could get started doing that. Maybe that may, that may not be sustainable long-term, but if you don't have any other options, don't let that stop you. I didn't let it stop me. So the tasks that I'm doing every week um, are, I am, I'm sending my to-do list, the things that my VA needs to accomplish. I'm communicating with her throughout the week, throughout the day, sending her things that she needs from me in order to create and, and post the content. And I have a social media scheduler that she uses. So I really, I'm just telling her what to do and then she's running with it and doing it. And I don't have to think about it as much as I did before. There's so many fewer steps. I mean, yes, I'm planning all of it, but I'm, I have a VA who's qualified enough that she can, she does, and she's worked with me long enough that she can, she can create things with minimal supervision and she just needs to know, she just needs me to tell her what to do. So we do that. And that, you know, that takes a little bit of time for me to plan that content and get it to her and answer her questions. I record a weekly podcast, whether that's an interview or like this one, like me, just me talking and I go live, I record, I go live on Facebook and Instagram almost every day. Not quite every day. I've had a few breaks, but I'm trying to get back into the habit of doing that every day. Posting reels. Also, my VA sometimes takes care of those reels. Um, and I'm working on creating content for courses. I'm working, I spend 30 minutes to an hour a day writing in the book that I'm going to publish in January that is going to be called The Mompreneur Code that's going to be available on Amazon. So trying to get that written before the baby comes so that I can get it edited, proofread, and published. And, um, and you know, just everything else I have to do, running errands, um, going here and there. I get my gro- I, I get all my groceries delivered to my house every week. So that's just a time saving hack. And then, of course, um, cooking every night when my when I get my kids and doing our chores, helping them with homework on the weekends. I like to take them to the pool or the park. Um, We sit around and watch movies. Sometimes everybody's doing their own thing on their little devices and playing with their toys and, you know, just whatever. Breaking up arguments and fights and all the mom things. Um, and so, and, and at night, you know, just doing all the things we need to do before we go to bed, spending some time together and taking care of all the important things. So that's kind of what my day looks like. I also incorporate a lot of self-care, a lot of mindset work into my lifestyle, not just, oh, I'm working on this thing that I need to finish. No, it doesn't matter what I'm working on. My mindset work is my priority. And my self-care, which goes hand in hand with that, is a priority because I want to show up in every arena arena of my life as my best self. 
So for me, that includes a lot of meditation, daily meditation, whether it's for 15 minutes or for 45 minutes. I'm doing some form of meditation every single day. And I also do a lot of journaling. I don't journal every day, but a few times a week I'll journal. And I've journaled since the age of 12. So that's something writing is just very therapeutic to me. Eating healthy is also a form of self-care. And I want to go into that. So I eat extremely healthy. I've lost over 30 pounds in the last year. And I was very overweight before. I still haven't lost all the weight that I want to lose. But that's because I made drastic changes in my diet. And that took intention. That took planning. And that took work to do. And so that's part of my daily routine. That's part of um, that's part of my life. So I do a lot of juicing. So I have to clean the juicer every time. I have to buy lots of produce. Um, I cook. A lot. I don't. I I very rarely eat out with, by myself or with my kids. So we do a lot of cooking. My oldest two girls are finally old enough that they can cook a few things. So they're always in the kitchen with me, learning how to cook more things. And sometimes I'll let them take over. And I love it that my kids are final. Some of my kids are finally getting to that age that they can help me more, and they love it too. So, um, and of course, you know, several loads of laundry per day and folding that laundry, whether it's me or one of my girls doing the folding of the laundry or one of my boys. I only have one boy who's old enough to help me with that right now, but that will soon change. And, you know, just all, whatever's on my to-do list, whatever needs to be done. Um, that's what we do. And, and going back to self-care, I just, for me, you know, self-care can be getting your nails done. That's not a big thing for me, but if I don't meditate and if I don't drink enough water and I'm not, bringing awareness to what's going on inside of me through journaling and getting that out, I don't feel like myself. And so that's something that I always, I plan to do it and I do it and it makes a difference in my life. And as far as the mindset work goes, I think meditation and journaling are a form of mindset work and they're very powerful, but I want to be very self-aware and very conscious of what subconscious programs are going on because I can, if things are chaos in my outer world, there's something going on inside me that is creating that. And I want to be aware of that. I want to level up. And my commitment to that is what has brought me to where I am now was what has caused some is what has brought about so many positive changes in 2023 in my life. And I'm, I'm here for it. I'm here for it till the end because I have, I've only, this is only the tip of the iceberg. There's so much else that I want to accomplish in my life. And if I ever abandon that, then I'm going to plateau and I'm going to start going backwards. And I don't want that. So that's kind of what my days are like. Okay. So now I promised you seven hacks for mompreneurs of young children to get the things done. So here you go. Number one, and some of these I've already talked about a little bit, but I want to touch on them again and give some more details. So number one is having childcare. And I feel like most of the mompreneurs I talk to have some form of childcare. I don't care if you have full-time childcare. I don't care if you have part-time childcare. I don't care if you have a babysitter that you just have on call that when you need one, whatever works for you in this season, but you, it is, you may not be able to afford full-time childcare yet right now where you are and you may want it and that's fine. Start somewhere, hire a babysitter for a few hours just so you can get some things done that you couldn't do if your kids were bothering you, if your kids needed you, if there was too much noise in your house and you couldn't focus. 
that struggle is real and it's a valid struggle. But and I'm not and I'm not going to say it's impossible to do these things when you have kids around. It's not. I do it all the time still to this day. I still am, you know, creating content with a child in my lap sometimes. And it's there's no shame in that. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. We all have to start somewhere and and you may even like it. And there's days that I like having my kids around while I'm working because I feel like I'm setting a good example for them. And I feel like I'm also interact. We're just interacting together. I'm sitting on the couch with a kid, a kid on each side. And we're all doing, we're both doing our own things and we're kind of just chit chatting through it. And it's just fun. And I love it. And there's nothing wrong with it, but I do have childcare. I have a full-time babysitter for during the day. Uh, um, when my older kids are at school and I also have on-call babysitters for when I just need something for a few hours. Okay, so having, but in the beginning, I didn't have that. So hack number two, have a chore system and enforce it. I know it can be aggravating to teach your kids how to do chores. And maybe you already have a chore system. That's awesome. I didn't have one for a long time because I felt like I can do this faster myself than teaching my kids how to do it. I mean, I saw the benefit in teaching your kids chores. I want them to have life skills. I want them to know how to take care of a house. But then also, I didn't want to waste my time and energy when they were whining and they didn't want to do their chores and me having to stand over them and make them do their chores. I did. That was really frustrating for me. But I finally realized that I was costing myself and them a lot more in the long run by not getting the, by not explicitly modeling for them and teaching them these chores and not enforcing my expectations of them. And when I finally took the time to really do that over a period of time, things started to get automated and that made my life so much more simple and it was so much better for our entire family. And so I, I switch out. My kids don't have a ton of chores, but I, and I do let them do them for a few months before I start switching them out or giving them more responsibilities. Even my three-year-old has chores. He picks up his toys. He makes his, he helps make his bed and he helps take things to the trash. And then my older girls, like I said, they help me with cooking. They load the dishwasher. Um, sometimes we take turns folding laundry. We all, um, they are responsible for cleaning their own rooms. They're responsible for cleaning up any messes they make in our common living areas, like our living room or our kitchen. And I have a, my seven-year-old is responsible for cleaning the bathrooms. And he actually loves that. He told me when I was teaching him how to clean the bathrooms, I'm so glad you picked me for this job. And I'm like, well, okay, buddy. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, that's really helpful when everyone has a job. And, and I'm not the type of mom who just sits sits down and does, does my own thing while my kids are cleaning. We're all cleaning. And sometimes we set timers. And, okay, five-minute cleanup before bedtime or five-minute cleanup when the timer goes off before we go to school. And that's been really beneficial as well. And because no one wants to live in a nasty house and no mom wants to do every single thing and you shouldn't have to do either of those if people live there they need to have a job they need to participate it's very well worth it um the third hack is let go of the expectations of others and let go of mom guilt so how does that help me work from home and get things done when I'm surrounded by kids. Well, in case you haven't noticed, there's a lot of judgment out there in the world. There's a lot of judgment out in the online spaces. Have you noticed that? Yeah. I mean, so letting go of the expectations of others, 
You may feel bad because your house doesn't look like a magazine. You may feel bad because you're working instead of playing with your kids. You may feel bad for sending your kids to a babysitter because of how you were raised or what so-and-so said. And honestly, you have to let go of the expectations of others because you have to do what works for you. What works for me does not will not work for you 100%. I can tell you what works for me and you can glean you can take out what will work for you and leave the rest, but you and I are different and that's wonderful. That's perfect. And what works for you probably won't all work for me either, but you have to have the confidence to try what works for you and to do what works for you without having to apologize, without feeling like you're not doing it right. Even if it's not perfect, even if it's messy, even if it's whatever, you know, if it, even if it's not ideal, Done is better than perfect. If you're getting things done, then you can go to bed at night knowing that you had a good day and that you're winning at life and that you're on your way to accomplishing your goals. And I want to talk about the mom guilt, too. And this is something that I go really in depth in in my signature course that is launching October 19th called the Mompreneur Academy. Um, I'm going to give you a lot more information on the Mompreneur Academy. It is so phenomenal. So in this course... Um, I go very in depth into how to overcome mom guilt because mom guilt does not have to be your reality. You can completely let go of mom guilt. It can be irrelevant and non-existent in your life. I fully believe that. And I teach the steps to doing that in my course. But the reason why mom guilt doesn't jive with getting things done surrounded by kids is because you're wallowing in your feelings. You're stuck in your, you're, you're going to stay stuck because you're projecting your feelings out into your outer world. And those feelings of mom guilt don't serve you. They're not based in any kind of truth. And once you work through the thoughts that are behind those feelings, you will experience so much breakthrough in your life. You'll experience so much more happiness, so much more productivity. And your kids need a happy mom. This world that we live in needs a happy mom. And I want to be part of that revolution. I don't know about you, but I'm ready to be the happiest version of myself so that I can flip the script on this mom guilt bullcrap. So basically, you know, I don't want you to just take the practical things that I'm telling you and do them. I really want you to think about how is mom guilt impacting your productivity? How are your feelings getting in the way and how you view yourself as a mother getting in the way of you having success as a mompreneur of young children. Okay, fourth hack. I already mentioned this, but it's worth saying it again. Hire a virtual assistant like now. Before you start making money in your business, hire a virtual assistant. Inside my course, the Mompreneur Academy, I also teach this in depth. I give you the name of the website that I use to find my virtual assistant who does not live in the U.S., but who is fluent in English, who went to college to be a virtual assistant and is flipping amazing. And in this web and in, in other countries, there are, you know, their standard of living and their the value of their currency is a lot different than the U.S. So you can find virtual assistants from three to six dollars an hour starting out. And that's totally doable that just who couldn't who couldn't afford that just for 10 hours a week in the beginning to try it out and see how it works. Guys, it changed my life. It changed my business. And I talk about her all the time. She's amazing. But if I would have waited to make money before I hired her, I would have been waiting very, very years from now. 
But then when I hired her and took that risk, it wasn't very long before I started making money. So definitely get into that. And if you want to know more, definitely get on the wait list for my course or message me if you can't find it. Message me about getting into the Mompreneur Academy, because like I said, I teach you how to find a VA. I teach you how to hire a VA. I teach you how to train a VA. I teach you all the things. So hack number five. Practice planned self-care for your own sanity and for your own for your own well-being, I should say. So like I said, for me, it's meditation and journaling and juicing and take care, taking care of my body. I also do yoga. I want to do yoga more. I haven't been doing that. I kind of fallen off the wagon, but I'll, that's a form of self-care for me. Sleep is a form of self-care for me. I'm committed to going to bed early at night. Um and getting a full, getting a full night of rest, all except for, you know, when I have a brand new baby, obviously I can't do that. But, you know, right now all my kids are sleeping through the night and I sleep is very important. But I have to plan for that. I have to set that intention or it won't happen. So I encourage you to plan your self-care for the week. Get into the habit of doing it. See what feels good. And don't feel the need to apologize for anyone, because like I said, this world needs the best version of you. Your family needs the best version of you. No one can practice self-care for you. You cannot delegate that out to anyone. So please do it for yourself. Do it for the world. Do it out of self-love and do it unapologetically. That is that is all I'm going to say about that. Okay. I was counting the ones I did so far. I lost count. Okay. Hack number six. A little controversial. Don't be afraid to give your kids technology while you're working. Don't be afraid to use technology as a babysitter. I said it. Yes. Now, that's within limits, but you set the limits. What you decide is up to you and don't apologize to anyone for it. Don't explain yourself to anyone for it. You can set the parental controls on the iPad. You can download the educational apps. You can sit beside them so that you know what they're doing, but at least they're not aggravating you endlessly while you're trying to type something it is so great it is so useful they're quiet they're zoned out you don't have to do it all the time but if you have something that you need to do hand them the ipad turn on the tv do what you have to do and you don't have to feel guilty about it it can be a wonderful thing i know technology giving kids technology gets a bad rap but i think it's a tool i really think it's a tool that we can use and my kids have their ipads my oldest daughter has a little phone that she uses. And yes, there are limits. Yes, there are time limits. Yes, there are parental controls on all of them. But it's really worked out for us. Now, our last hack. Number seven. If you, This is really good if you have toddlers and babies. And I have both. I have, I have, a, I have an almost two-year-old and I'm about to have a newborn. So... And I have a three-year-old. He's kind of still a toddler. So um, if you have really little, little ones and you're trying to get things done and even older little ones, I guess this could work for. But I'll, I'll explain that in a minute, too. So get a contained area like uh, one of those in, indoor. Oh, what do you call them? Like, not like a playpen. I mean, a playpen could work, but like enclose an area inside your house with one of those indoor fences and or a baby gate or something and put and you sit near them so you can watch them and just put a bunch of toys in there and let them play so that way you're not having to chase them when they escape you're not having to find them later when they wandered away and 
started throwing things in the toilet and flooded your bathroom. Guilty. That has happened to me. That's why I have a wet vac. They haven't, you know, gone in the kitchen and dragged everything out of the refrigerator. And then you felt bad. And then you had a mess to clean up. And then you're like, I can't do this anymore. Keep them in a contained area with something to entertain them. And you sit nearby with your laptop or whatever you're using to create your business. And that, that to me, a mom of 12 children shared that with me. Who had, She had adopted eight children, eight and under. And they all had special needs. And she wrote a book during this time. And she said, that's how I did it. I just kept them in a little area with their toys. And I sat near them so that if one of them started fighting with the other one, I could I could pay attention to them. I could fix the problem and then go right back to what I was doing. And let's be real. That's what life looks like when you have young children and you're trying to get crap done. That is what it looks like. So that's your hack. I mean, do it and then get your work done and then go love your babies. Go cuddle with them. Go make them lunch. Because we're we're doing all the things. We're wearing all the hats. Motherhood and business are both an extension of who we are. And we should be proud of that. So that is all I have for this episode. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I will include links to, um, I'll include, I think the only link I have to include, in the, I'll sh- include links to my social media and um, my free guides that are launching this week. In the show notes, also a link to the waitlist for the Mompreneur Academy if you're interested in that. And I hope I will see you again next week. And I hope to I hope you just have a fantastic week in business and in motherhood. Bye. Thank you for tuning into this podcast. If this show has been meaningful to you, I hope you'll subscribe and it would mean so much to me. If you would take the time to leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast, I take the time to read every single review I get, and they mean so much to me. And your reviews also help this podcast to get into the hands of more listeners and for more people to hear this message. So on that note, thank you so much, and I'll see you next time. Goodbye.